Welcome to another episode of B2B Nation, the official technology advice podcast for sales and marketing professionals. I'm your host, Chris Kleinfelter, and I recently had the chance to speak with Sangram Badre, co-founder and CMO at Terminus, and Max Altschuler, founder and CEO at Sales Hacker. We talked about how many sales teams are having trouble modernizing their sales efforts. Most companies today either struggle with not having the right technology or not being properly trained on newly implemented technology. We also talked about how companies should be creating advocates way before becoming customers. We as marketers and sales professionals need to make sure we're focusing on important contacts and specific accounts that have the potential to have the biggest impact. Cast a more narrow net to gain the accounts you really want and personalize your messaging on those targeted accounts. The goal should be to create advocates for your brand and product before the target accounts ever become customers by building really great relationships. I mean, they really blew my mind a couple of times, honestly. They had a lot of great things to say. Uh, This is a really great interview, and I think you'll learn a lot. So without further ado, here's my interview with Sangram and Max. Enjoy. Welcome to the B2B Nation, Sangram and Max. Thanks for talking with me today. Excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I'm really excited to talk to both of you guys uh, about uh, Revenue Summit and just some other great topics about sales and marketing today. Uh, But before we jump into that, uh, Max and Sanger, could you each tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves and what you're up to professionally? And Max, we'll start with you. Yeah. So I run uh, Sales Hacker Inc. Uh, We're a publication uh, and media company. Basically, we do conferences, webinars, uh, virtual events and uh, articles on all things uh, future of B2B sales. And so um, I've been doing this for about three years now. Got my start at a company called Udemy, online education company, and built out the supply side of that marketplace. So I closed all our deals with uh, some pretty large publishers, O'Reilly, Wiley, Pearson, and some universities, um, as well as onboarding uh, experts in uh, online education. So now focused on helping um, B2B companies, whether it's SaaS, uh, advertising, uh, marketplaces, what, what have you, on uh, doing the same stuff that we did, building out a modern uh, sales process and sales organization. Awesome. And Sangram, how about you? Yeah, I don't know how to follow that, but I'll, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> uh, so um, uh, recently I ran marketing at Pardot. Uh, we were acquired by uh, exact target and Salesforce. So I had a chance to work with a startup and very quickly with probably the biggest iconic brand in B2B um, in the same amount of time. So that was a great experience. Um, after that, I uh, started a company called Terminus. Uh, we're an account-based marketing platform based here in Atlanta. Um, and I wrote a book on account-based marketing that uh, that was published by Bali um, in the last year. Um, also, as a founder of Flip My Funnel, which is a new way of doing uh, B2B sales and marketing, uh, we feel like the, the whole model of like lead-based marketing, lead, lead-based sales has, is kind of broken, and we came up with a new philosophy called Flip My Funnel. So along the way, I uh, was honored to kind of start the movement, uh, as, as people call it, around Flip My Funnel and have a really amazingly, insanely um, raving fans of the community that are trying to get out there and talk about Flip My Funnel and challenging the status quo every day in B2B marketing and sales. 
Amen. A lot of great stuff there. Uh, So as we jump in here, uh, Max, let's start with you. I know you have a passion for helping people build sales processes and ultimately increase revenue for their organizations. Uh, What advice would you have for our listeners who are trying to modernize their sales efforts and grow their business? Yeah, so we see really two sides of the coin there. One side being um, the efficiency and, you know, that's the technology side. And the other side being the effectiveness. That's the training side. So there's a lot going on right now um, in the marketplace, which is great for buyers because there's so much technology being built. There's so many um, VC funds that are focusing on software for sales and marketing. There's so many really smart engineers that are coming out of, you know, some of these schools that are focusing on technology in this space. So it's a really interesting time to be a buyer. Um, you know, somebody that is in a sales force or building a sales process today, uh, leveraging all this new technology. The problem is that um, you can't just solve your problems using only technology. So, you know, if you're over-investing in technology and under-investing in training, you know, then you're just, you're basically taking steroids and, you know, not going to the gym and you're not going to see any results. You have to, you know, you have to take, you know, the, the protein powder and diet and exercise in order to see results, just like you have to invest in, you know, the technology and then understand how to use the technology to see the results. You have to mix that, you know, the, the efficiency side and the effectiveness side, because if you're sending, you know, if you're okay, now you're able to send a thousand emails in uh, one minute, but if those emails are all generic, then you're going to have a really low conversion rate as opposed to doing what you used to be doing, which was, you know, calling and emailing and, and, you know, doing things that were really time consuming, um, but having a much higher conversion rate. Now there's a way that you can kind of, you know, mix the two, get really, you know, high success rates while doing things that are more scalable. So leveraging that, the technology and leveraging um, the advancements in training that are out there is a real huge way to modernize your sales, uh, your sales force and your organization and build out some processes that are, you know, um, not as, you know, necessary for people to actually do some of the more mundane tasks, like logging things into Salesforce mm-hmm. and building out those lists, et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of that stuff can be, you know, the automated part, but still the human to human part, that's where you need the training. And so uh, it's a really interesting time to be in sales because people are finally focused on this. <laughs> um, salespeople are getting a lot of love, like they, you know, they didn't get in the past. Um, and it's a hot, you know, profession right now. So take advantage of everything that's happening. So what's the state of the B2B sales, uh, nation, let's say, uh, are more companies struggling with the, uh, you know, the efficiency part where, uh, they're, they're having a hard time adopting new technology or is it truly more a problem of, of effectiveness where they have tech, but they, they're not using it in the right way. Uh, what's, what's the breakdown there, would you say? Yeah, I think it's pretty evenly split. I think we see a lot of teams that are, that are growing very fast right now. The, you know, the economy is good. People are buying things. I mean, somebody's selling it to them. So, you know, the economy is good. People are growing their sales teams at rapid rates. Companies are getting funded. Like, you know, I think they never have before at this, at this clip. Um, so you're seeing these sales teams grow. So you're seeing, onboarding and training slip because these, you know, teams are growing so fast and you're also starting to see, you know, the adoption of this technology is happening in the, maybe in the 
tech space, but, you know, in our small bubble, but it's still, you know, it's, it's, it's now catching on outside of that space. It's now catching on to the people who, you know, might've um, just always done things the same old way mm-hmm. because that's how we've always done it. And so now I think you're, you know, those companies are starting to catch on to some of the, you know, some of the smaller things. But if you look at the market size, like anybody who has a CRM should probably also have like a, you know, an emailing or a dialer tool. So the size of the market is huge and a lot of these companies are still in their infancy. So I think there's a balance there where there's not a lot of attention being focused on technology or training and some organizations are overdoing it on one and not enough on the other. Um, You know, it depends on the industry. It depends on, you know, tech is doing it completely different than, you know, a tech company in San Francisco might do it completely different than a, a uh, pharmaceutical company in, you know, Tennessee, mm-hmm. um, just because of like where they're getting their resources from. Yeah, no, that, that's fair. Thank you for uh, speaking to that a little bit. Uh, Sangram, you've been on the show before, and last time we talked, uh, we dug into kind of what ABM is and why it has become more prominent in B2B sales and marketing today. Uh, but today, I wanted to dig in a little bit more about ABM and revenue marketing. They're obviously not mutually exclusive strategies, right? But could you outline for us how you see ABM and revenue marketing actually working together? Yeah, sure. Uh, I think, you know, when you think about uh, the Flip My Funnel model, you know, and anybody who's interested can can go to flipmyfunnel.com, which shows that they're, they're basically like four blocks or four steps of how uh, typically things work, especially from a business perspective. You identify the right people that are companies you want to go after. You start to reach out to more people within those companies to, to make sure that they all are part of the buying committee, are influenced by your message. And then you start engaging with them on their terms, right? Not on your terms, not on through just phones and emails, but also on other channels, right? There's a reason why people still go to state dinners and, and golfing tournaments, and there are still reasons why people are doing digital advertising and videos and things like that. So we need to engage people on their terms. And finally, the best part of all of this is creating raving fans and advocates for your product. Um, and I, I went through that four stage of identify, expand, engage, advocate, because I think if businesses start looking at that as a way of running business, not just marketing, not just sales, not just customer success, but that's how businesses are run. You want to identify who you want to go after. You want to create raving fans. Those are the businesses that thrive out there. Mm -hmm. So there's a deep connection between revenue and marketing. Um, And I think just like sales and Max kind of put it very well out there, like how sales didn't get a lot of love, but now getting a lot of love with both processes and technology. I think the same is true on the marketing side, especially in B2B. Marketers have been given more and more budget to do what they do, and they have been creating ton more leads at the end of the day, but that's not driving revenue. And that's where you see the CMOs are kind of getting recycled really fast. And I feel if marketers start taking a revenue number as something that they would really work hard for, just like the sales teams do, um, there would be an, an amazing success that they're going to see in their organization and the growth of their own careers as well as the organizational growth. So I wanted to touch a little bit on what you said there about advocacy. I think that's something that most companies 
wish they could do more of or or in fact just do it better um would you say that the bulk of that is because they're just strictly focusing on revenue or the amount of leads they're driving in and not paying attention to each specific account or uh, what's the main struggle with with creating advocacy you may have outlined it just now i'm just curious to hear your take on that yeah i'm, I'm glad you kind of touched on it a little bit more um uh, because uh, you know, something I learned uh, as we did Flip My Funnel and, you know, with my startup uh, terminus and previously with Pardot is you can start creating advocates way before they become your customer. And I didn't understand that. So I'll repeat it because it took me a long time to get that, which mm-hmm. is you can create advocates and raving fans way before they become customers of your product. And the reason you can do that or the way you can do that is by making sure that you're focusing on them. And when you have a very wide net and you're trying to get um, as many leads as possible, you're not focusing, as Max put out, um, if you have thousands of people that you want to send email and you send a generic email, you know, you're not creating connection or relationship or advocacy or any of that sort. And I think if you personalize that and you know that, hey, they went to, um, you know, the Atlanta and like the Super Bowl is coming and, you know, you might want to send them something, you know, that's how you create relationships and that's how you get fans. And I think we are missing, really missing a big part of how advocate marketing should work. It's not about let's get customer and then turn them into advocate. Well, let's turn them into advocates for the problem and the passion that we have that we want to solve for. And then they will be our fans and they will be our advocates if they buy from us or if they kind of tell somebody else that, hey, you should check out this company because they're doing some really cool stuff. That's what advocate marketing is to me. Yeah, that's fascinating. I really think most marketers, uh, including myself, uh, just inherently assume that it's placed at a specific part um, of a buyer journey, like after the sale. Uh, so it's interesting to just hear your take on how it should exist beforehand and what that looks like. Thanks for outlining that. Um, so we have a sales expert and we have a marketing expert on the show here. So I think it would be a crime not to talk at least a little bit about sales and marketing alignment. So, so Max, from a sales perspective, uh, what do you see as the biggest challenge that currently inhibits alignment between sales and marketing? Yeah, I mean, I was going to go with the, the revenue number piece that you guys just touched on. Um, and that seems to be the biggest thing, actually, is that, um, you know, marketing in a, lot of, in a lot of times doesn't have a number they're being held to and sales does and so there's always that debate in you know are these the right leads or are these leads any good and i think like you really have to do the math and back into it like reverse engineer okay well um, these are the numbers we need to hit for the quarter so here's the here are the types of leads that we need whether it's smb mid-market enterprise here's what pipeline leads look like and here's the number that marketing needs to be held to to generate those types of leads and even going, you know, a step further on, you know, what that conversion typically looks like so that, you know, everybody's almost held accountable, you know, from the top down. Um, and, you know, you guys kind of went into a little bit, but I'd, I'd love to understand, you know, Sangram, what are you seeing, you know, in the, you know, on that side of the business? Is that something that people are coming around to? Yeah, I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, revenue is super important. So the way, like, I'll just talk about uh, my startup terminus and how we have aligned marketing to everything. And I think that was very important for us. We have uh, someone, Steph, who runs uh, demand generation for, and, and her and her job is to get aligned with the 
SDR team, like the sales development team, and she has a pipeline number, the same number that the SDR team has. So they are always aligned. Then I have Thomas, who runs pipeline acceleration, pipeline velocity. He is aligned with the AE team. His job is to drive revenue and drive pipeline velocity and help close more deals. And then I have Kat, who runs um, customer marketing, and her job is to work with customer success team all day in, day out, so that we are always creating customer stories and always creating this amazing kind of thing which gets lost, especially at a very early stage. We need more of them so you have more validity in the marketplace. So I look at marketing now being a divided into three separate functions dedicated to uh, different two different like SDR and AE functions, and then also customer marketing from very, very early stage. And I believe that that's how modern marketing is going to start functioning from the very early days, not just you know people staying in demand generation and, and that way they're only focused on lead generation. I think we need to break away from that and really start having an organizational uh, matrix organization on the marketing side so we can drive revenue at the whole. Like Because even if you have the number of leads and you get accounts and you get to sell them, and if you have a high churn rate, then you still are losing revenue. So revenue number is not only just new deals, but also making sure that you're not losing deals and you have nurture programs and all kinds of stuff on the uh, customer marketing side. So I believe the modern marketing is, is more about aligning to each of the main revenue functions of the organization. Interesting. So you kind of outlined there, uh, and I'd never really heard that before, so I'm going to ask you uh, again. You may be redundant here, but I think it might be good for clarity for, for some of our listeners. Uh, so you tied specific team members on your marketing team to the same goal that different sales departments, different sales, say, components within the sales department had, and so they were both tied to the same goal. Could you elaborate a little more on, on what, uh, why you chose to do it that way and, and what roles you co- sort of paired together? Yeah, absolutely. The the big reason why I did that because, you know, as a startup guy, like I recognize that, you know, if you look at the statements, the income statement and all that, you look at that sales and marketing in B2B is one line item. It's not two line items. Mm-hmm. I've never heard anybody who said, hey, I made marketing goals and I made every single lead number I had in, you know, that, that I was assigned to, but the sales number dropped. So I'm going to still make my bonus. It doesn't work. Marketers don't make their bonuses or don't stay in their job. Uh, if the revenue number is going down. So it's a, you know, having a separate goal that is totally not related to the revenue goal of the organization makes no sense to me because it does not, in real world, it just doesn't work that way. So my primary motivation for aligning it, it was making sure that that the marketing team feels the same pressure, the same pain as the sales team feels as Max outlined when they have to have the revenue number. But I don't want them to say, you know what, we're only going to drive inbound demos. I want them to figure out what works. Maybe in our business unit, because we're an emerging category, maybe we are not going to get as many inbound, so we need to focus on outbound sales. So the marketing team's job is to create more of those cadence emails and things like that, as opposed to um, going after spending all their money on pay-per-click, for example. So I don't know what the mix is, and every organization has a different mix. They're at a different maturity level, so it's going to change. So the way it's aligned is, I have a demand gen person who's aligned with the SDR function, which job is to create demos and appointments for the AE team. So they have a pipeline number. Both of them have the same exact pipeline number. Their bonuses depend on the same number. Um, I have somebody who's focused purely on pipeline velocity, which means once an opportunity is created, the AE team is working on closing them, right? So this person is, is supposed to now figure out should we do direct mail? Should we do more advertising through, you know, functions like, you know, ABM tools like Terminus? Should we be doing uh, like dinners or whatnot? And then customer marketing, which I think 
is a lost leader. And I think it's very important to think about their job is literally every month create at least one or two, if not more, case studies through blogs or videos or actual case studies when you actually have them in a video, uh, like a professionally done, but their job is to create those things. So that alignment, everyone knows their number is no different than the company's number. That was awesome. Uh, thank you for digging into that. That was kind of one of the first times on this show specifically that I've heard um, it outlined how sales and marketing would work together in a specific way like that. So thank you for that. Um, I want to shift gears here just a little bit. Uh, Revenue Summit is coming up here in early March in San Francisco. Uh, I know there are a ton of big names in B2B sales and marketing that will be there. Uh, what speakers and sessions are you most looking forward to? Max, let's start with you. Oh, man, where do you start? Um, well, we got <laughs> Gary Briggs, the uh, uh, CMO at Facebook, um, doing, a, doing a fireside chat. So I'm really excited to hear uh, kind of more about how they're looking at the space because um, I know, you know they just they launched Workplace. They're doing a lot more um, now in B2B. So uh, that could be pretty interesting. Obviously, also all the data that they have um, is really interesting. Uh, Mark Cranny. Uh, partner at Andreessen Horowitz was also uh, Ben Horowitz is VP of sales. So I don't know if you re ever read the hard thing about hard things, but um, this guy was like one of the first like go-to VPs of sales um, at some of these really early stage software companies. So uh, he's going to be amazing. David Cancel, CPO of uh, ex-CPO of HubSpot has started, I think three or four really successful tech companies um, he's going to do some good stuff on sales and marketing. Obviously, um, Lars Nielsen, Stephen Brody, uh, Doug Landis, um, who else do we have? I mean, I can go on for days. It's, it's going to be amazing. We've got some really good speakers, but, um, there's a lot of the, a lot of the sales side of things is stuff that, you know, maybe I had planned or, um, you know, have, I've known these people for a long time, but I'm really exciting for the, for the marketing side of stuff too, because, I just know that's what my funnel team does a really good job, and um, we've got some really good speakers on, on that side too. Yeah, Sangram, same question to you. What are you looking forward to at the uh, summit this year? Yeah, like Max covered a lot of ground there, uh, so I'm not <laughs> going to repeat repeat some of that. Uh, but you know, I, I think what I'm excited about is one: we have a lot of incredibly enterprise companies coming and speaking, right? So we have people from the Casson, we have Facebook, obviously we have Salesforce, MuleSoft, Aptus. Uh, box, right? Like we have Zendesk. I'm just kind of thinking through ServiceNow, um, you know, and, and, you know, MongoDB. So incredible companies coming in and telling the stories of how they actually do their thing, right? I think a lot of times you go to a conferences where it's all just thought leadership and it's not very practitioner centric. Mm -hmm. So Max and I and Nikki, who, you know, on our team, uh, who runs a lot of the, the speaker stuff, we, we really worked hard to make sure that this people who come to attend this conference, they're going to not only learn about this new ways in the future and all that and exciting and inspirational stuff, but they're going to walk away with how to, like how to, how do I do account-based marketing or sales or success? How do enterprise companies actually structure their organization? How do you, like, for example, some of them are going to talk about how, how do you build your actual tech stack for sales and marketing to be successful and what are the processes around it? So we're going to get, really exciting conversations going on between sales and marketing, which is the beauty of uh, like sales actor and flip my farm coming together um, so that it's not a siloed conversation of how sales things or how marketing things, they're going to hear from both sides. Like what, 
what marketers think sales sucks at and they're good at. At the same time, marketers are going to find out what they suck at and what they can be good at. Awesome. Well, listeners, certainly head out to San Francisco in March and check out the Revenue Summit. I certainly know you'll learn a lot. You've heard about a lot of the speakers that will be there too. Uh, And these guys will be there as well. So outside of possibly seeing you at the Revenue Summit, uh, Max, we'll start with you. Where can our listeners find you out on the web? Yeah, uh, LinkedIn and Twitter are great places to connect. I also wrote a book on this called Hacking Sales uh, that you can find on Amazon, uh, published by Wiley. So uh, those are three three really good ways to get in my head and get in touch with me. And Sangram, where can they, uh, where can our listeners find you out on the web? Yeah, same places that Max. Like that's uh, that's the alignment. <laughs> Sales and marketing folks are living on the same there side, right? So yeah, LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn and Twitter, um, and love to hear more. And and look, uh, look. Hopefully, we'll see a whole lot of people at Revenue Summit. There are going to be like two thousand people attending it. So, love to kind of spend some time together. Awesome. Well, thanks again to Sangram and Max for joining me today, and thanks to our listeners for following along. This episode was recorded at the Technology Advice Podcast Studio in Nashville, Tennessee. To listen to more episodes of B2B Nation, check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes. And to learn more about the show, you can find us on Twitter at technology underscore ADV or online at technologyadvice.com. Thanks for listening.